The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today we have, today we have a great show planned for you. We will be revisiting my interview with Ben Lewis, uh, a middle school teacher from Brenham, Texas, but is also a professional doodler or a collage-style artist. He does these amazing pieces filled with so many little mementos, and he does all kinds of themes. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go and check out his work yourself at bendoodlin.com. That's bendoodlin.com. And for the second half of the show, we will be listening to some of Priscilla Salisbury's songs that she performed at the Plas Recital Series that took place Sunday, October 23rd at 3 p.m. And this was hosted by the St. Andrew's Episcopal Church. And Dr. Linda Patterson was actually nice enough to provide the audio for this event. And Priscilla is a rising star opera singer. Uh, she is becoming more and more known. And she's also a teaching artist at Houston Grand Opera Community. And she is a great artist. I mean, she has performed from places in uh, Houston to Seattle. So she, she's a great singer. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to these uh, few songs. All right, now for our art announcements, we have the Friends of Chamber Music will be hosting Viano String Quartet. And these four people are the winners of the 2019 Banff International String Quartet Competition. And they will be playing works by Tchaikovsky and Schumann. So this will be a, a great event that will take place Thursday, that's tomorrow, November 17th at 7 p.m. at the A&M United Methodist Church in College Station. And it is a free admission, so uh, you know we love free things. So make sure you go and check this event out. It'll be a lot of fun for the whole family. All right, let's start off with my interview with Benjamin Lewis. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. He is a social studies and science teacher in Brenham, Texas, and uh, has a bachelor's in history with a double minor in arts and business. He has been uh, distinguished as a distinguished geography teacher in the year 2020 from the National Council of Geographic Education, uh, and his name is Benjamin Lewis. So, hi, Ben. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How, um, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited uh, for a conversation today, uh, and if you want to check out Ben's work while we are having this this talk, you can go to bendoodlin.com, and that's bendoodlin, D-O-O-D-L-I-N.com. Or you can go to his Instagram, that is back underscore porch underscore dad, if you'd like to go check out his work. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, I'd like to go over um, the background of my guests first. 
Um, uh-huh. But I, I was having a bit of difficulty coming up with your introduction because I didn't know what to describe you as because you're an author, you're an illustrator. I mean, you, you do it all. So how, how would you describe yourself? Um, no, that's a great question. Um, I'd say, first and foremost, I'm a teacher. I mean, I've, I've been blessed with a few creative gifts, um, but um, teaching is who I am and what I'm most passionate about. And um, I'm thankful that I can do other visual forms of art because my most important art that I do every day is teaching, of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we appreciate you for that every day. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and where were you born? Where, where's, where's your place of origin? I'm from North Texas, actually. I was born in a little town called Vernon, uh, close to the Oklahoma border. I was raised in a town called Graham, Texas. And then I moved down to this area, the Brazos Valley, when I was probably 21 years old. So I've lived down here for about 20 years. All right, all right. And were you a doodler as a child? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, totally. On like your uh, notes and stuff? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, as a kid uh, in class, as a college student in class, even now sitting in meetings, like in a faculty meeting, I, and that's just the way I learn. You know, if I'm if I'm forced to sit still, sit on my hands and just kind of absorb information, it doesn't it doesn't stick. But if mm-hmm. I can fidget, you know, and, and like I, I never forgot that. And so I, when I teach, I allow my students those avenues. So I, I give out a piece of paper called sketch notes, you know, so I'll say who wants some sketch notes today and about half the kids will raise their hand. And so it's a blank piece of paper is all it is. And they can doodle as long as what they doodle is kind of about what we're talking about that day. So if I'm discussing the history of India and they want to doodle a little Taj Mahal or something like that, then that's fine with me. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, all through college and it just I never thought it would become a business, but um, yeah, it right. totally has. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty unique for a teacher to encourage their students to doodle, <laughs> you know? Right, like yeah. Most, most would probably say the opposite. <laughs> right, yeah, awesome. they do. And my colleagues sometimes are often surprised that I, that I use that technique, but, you know, again, it's just something that I remember from my childhood that uh, really helped me, so I'm not going to keep it from any kid who who thinks and who learns the same way that I did. Right. Yeah, I was actually uh, going to ask, um, do you think that your love for art is related to your love for history and travel? And in what way would you say? Uh, it might be intertwined, like in, you know, deep into the recesses of the hardwiring of your brain or something like that, I guess. But, you know, if I think about it, um, I think there is a common element between learning about world cultures and, and loving art. Yep. You know, I definitely um, think so too. So where that common element is, I'm not sure if I can point to it and say, yes, that's it. But it feels like it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I feel like your pieces are, um, I guess, a, a celebration of whatever idea or thing it is that you are illustrating. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like you might come across this a lot on like your EF tours that you take with your students, you know, and cultures are represented through the things that you see. So. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, did you have any uh, important, you know, teachers or motivators growing up that really pushed you to to do what you wanted to do? Oh, of course. Um, so many. Uh, number one, first and foremost, is my mom. Um, been my champion since day one. Um, you know, and even in the years when we were far apart from each other, it was still I knew she had my back more than anyone. Um, but as far as at school, um, 
the late Ben Holdridge of Graham, Texas was my band director. Um, he taught me so much, not through, I mean, he taught me music, obviously, but what he taught me most was how to carry yourself as a man in front of students, um, how to, how to be okay with letting kind of your heart hang out on your sleeve and being emotional around young people, if it's appropriate for the moment, you know, not kind of have that step up for lift, you know, man, like I'm a coach, so I've got to be super, you know, I don't know, build this wall um, between myself and my students emotionally. And this guy, there was no wall. It was complete um, heart to heart. And I think that that rubbed off on me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, your your pieces, I would say, are very like collage style, right? And I was wondering how you decide what elements to include within your illustration, because I do see a focus in school and sports. Um, do you do like your research to make those specific references or, or how does that go? Yeah, well, the early pieces were all just for me. And I like John kind of like macabre stuff. You know, I like, um, I don't know, I like creepy animals and, you know, drool and all kinds of things. And so when I first got started, that's what I drew. Hmm. And then when COVID uh, really, you know, crushed that that school year that where we all went to spring break and never came back, right. we had to teach from home for the next three months. And we gave out two lessons a week. And so I would have those lessons built and administered in one day. So the rest of the week, you know, you couldn't really go anywhere because COVID was popped off like hardcore. So I sat at home and I took one of my son's um, foam boards he had for one of his projects. And I drew a COVID cell right in the middle. You know, that little spiky virus. Oh, yeah. We all see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I drew a bottle around it hmm. and I put a lime in the top and I put Corona with lime. And then I was like. So I just kept going and I do it and I filled it in the all the way edge to edge. Wow. And I put it on Facebook and I said, um, Hey, look what I did. You know, I'm not trying to sell it, but check this out. This is what I did, you know, with my idle hands. Yeah, something cool. It's, and people chimed in. I want a copy. I want a copy. I want a copy. So I was like, okay, I'll make 20 copies. No, no, 50 copies. I'll make 50 copies. And if I, and if I sell them all great, and if I don't, oh, well, it was fun. And I sold them in like three days. So I was like, what? No way. And so people were telling me, hey, will you do one based off Texas A&M? Will you do one based off of this school, that school? Will you do one based on the state of Texas? So I started to accept these commissions and sell prints, prints, prints. And so to answer your question, on a piece like a, like a college, when I'm doing a collage on a college, mm -hmm. I'll do a lot of research. I'll put feelers out to that community. Like, okay, what are the must-have things? What are the quirky little cultural details that I would never know about? And I get on Facebook this huge list. So I put it in a uh, Google Doc, and I print it out, and I have it sitting right by me as I do my work. And so right now I'm doing one on West Point, and without the guy who commissioned it, um, without his input, I would be lost. Um, but the really fun ones are the ones where I get to draw what I like, um, that's few and far between, sadly, but um, I've got one piece I just finished called 80s and 90s Culture, and um, that one was fun. I didn't have to do much research because it was all, you know, all up here yeah, in my brain. The horror films, I saw that. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. One, that one was a cool one. Um, I had a guy uh, from my hometown commission that one, and he just knew I was the perfect guy for the job, and I went, I went crazy with that one. That one was great. But, yeah, so it's kind of a mix. Um, on things I don't know about, I put my feelers out there and I do a lot of research, but things that I'm into, I can just go. 
wow, that actually is really surprising that you just started this right in quarantine. Like, what, mm -hmm. 2019, would you say? Right. 2019? Yeah, absolutely. Spring break of 20... Well, I guess spring break of 2020 is when I started it. Wow, and now you've yeah. done, like, a pretty good amount of, of them, I would say. There's, like, yeah, MSU, there's one for TU... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and I've done really well. And I've, you know, this last summer was, I think the first summer I had never taught summer school because I didn't, I didn't have to, because, you know, I switched my extra gig to be this art business that kind of came from nowhere. Nice. Yeah. Um, have your students ever reacted to your art? They're just starting to see. Um, I don't talk about it in class a lot because I don't know how ethical that is to like stand you know, I'm sure it's fine, but that's just right. kind of me. Mm -hmm. Like if I stand in front of a class of 11 year old and say, look what I'm selling, you know, I don't know. That's, that's kind of sketchy, but they have seen um, my work around town and they have seen it in other places and they'll come back from like a restaurant and say, Mr. Lewis, I saw one of your pieces up in a restaurant. So when they ask about it, I tell them that, um, that I have the business and things like that. So no, nah, I don't, I really don't bring it up, but they, they know. Yeah. They, they'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, your attention to detail is amazing. Uh, the I, on your Instagram, I saw this uh, the image of Gizmo and the furs made up of like the rules yeah. that they're supposed <laughs> right, to follow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how did you come up with being like so detailed? Um, I don't know. It's it's just I I want to draw what I think I would like to see hanging on someone's wall. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, so. And when I when I was given that commission of a piece based on 80s and 90s pop culture, that gizmo was the first thing I drew. I usually draw the stuff in the middle first because I draw it with pen and ink. I mean, if you mess up, you know, like maybe you can try to hide it. But sometimes if you mess up badly, you got to start over. Oh no! And um, yeah. And so I draw the big things first and I drew that gizmo was the first thing I drew and on his brown fur, I didn't want to shade that in with a pen because I thought it, you know, it wouldn't match my style and it would kind of be a cop out mm -hmm. to use that much real estate on a canvas for just shading. And so I decided to, as small as I could, write the rules for mogwais, you know, don't feed them after midnight, don't get them wet, don't show them sunlight, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that, you know, again and again and again. And it took me, it seemed like forever, my hand was hurting, but I bet. I tell yeah. myself, yeah. I tell myself when it's finished, it's going to look crazy. So I just mm -hmm. do it and it, and it always ends up uh, looking pretty cool. Yeah, no, it gives it give you like the perfect effect of fur. Like, it right, yeah, yeah. Like fur from far away. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you find a way to like immobilize a certain time or a group. Um, is this like your purpose to kind of like view everything at once from afar, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I never thought about it like that, but I think so, especially with that first piece, like people would say, what is this? Cause I mean, it was the stuff on it were so random. Mm -hmm. um, and they would say, what is this? And I would say, it's, it's my brain. It's my brain spilled out onto paper. It's just drawing whatever I think to draw. Like if I have a little negative space in one piece and it's in the quasi shape of a boot then i'll draw a leather boot you know with maybe a snake coming out of the top and maybe quote woody there's a snake in my but you know just like just randomness so it's just things that are in my mind that need an outlet now when i do the piece that's commissioned for someone like the texas a&m piece mm -hmm. and so many people chimed in with so many little details of things i never would have thought then i get this kind of bank in my brain so if I have 
like a piece of negative space on a canvas that's vertical, I'd say, okay, I can make the candle from muster. Uh, I can make uh, one of the one of the sabers from the core. Um, I can make maybe a um, piece of the bonfire. It, it, it just kind of like you develop a mental kind of go-to uh, word bank of things to put. Yeah, like a mental repertoire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, in that quarantine piece, I saw like elves and aliens and there were just <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. It was just so right, awesome yeah. because I think that's really where we were in a mental state. We were all yeah. all over the place. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. it was like perfectly presented. Um, I, I, I know that you no longer take the collage commissions, um, but where do mm -hmm. you see your art going in the future? I'll open commissions back up. Oh, yeah. um, but Early on, when I when it was brand new, I, I took every commission I could get. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this is this is popped off. I've never been paid to draw, you know. And um, now I'm way more selective at the jobs I take because I want to be able to sell prints, of course, and I want mm -hmm. to be able to have fun when I do it. Right. So I'll get offered to do a certain idea, and I'll just say, you know what, um, you know, no thanks. I don't think it's for me. I'm not doing commissions right now, but. Other times I hear a great idea that I would really be into. And um, it's it's cool to be able to be in a position where I can accept jobs that I want and then I can turn down jobs that I don't think will interest me too much. Mm -hmm, right. You you get to choose yourself. So that's, that's you're your mm. own boss in that in that aspect. Right, yeah. Right, that's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like you could venture into so many things, like into animation or even like marketing. I feel like businesses would love to have a collage of like their services or products mm -hmm. in one image like that's awesome and would you ever consider going into that marketing i would but that would probably be when i retire from teaching right you know i mean i'll teach well into my probably mid 50s you know early 60s i mean who knows but that's that's kind of my plan um maybe after that i could get and i've thought about getting my studio uh, i'd love to have one in downtown brenham somewhere to just have a place where people could you know, meet up, you know, drink free beer, listen to music, just talk about art and maybe buy, buy a few prints and I could be there and I could work and I could doodle all day there. But that, of course, that would be after my teaching career is over. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Let me know yeah. when it opens up. <laughs> all right, will do. All right. Um, is there something about your art that you want the audience to know that you don't think we've tackled yet? Um... I hide a lot of stuff in there hmm. and a lot of the stuff I hide has never been found really? ever. You're still yeah. waiting on someone to notice it in my Navasota. And I'm not going to say what it is in my, in my piece about Navasota, Texas, hmm. there's a, <laughs> uh, how do I put this? There is a shout out to another town in it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I was going to do a little dance between my, my UT and Texas A&M, but I decided not to even touch that with a 10-foot pole, leave it alone. It's not up to me to touch. Like, I was going to make some shade in both pieces towards the other college. Uh-oh. That would be super hidden that no one would ever see. And I thought about the way to do it that no one would know, but I decided, no, you know what, don't do it. Because as soon as, as soon as it gets out and people have all these pictures all up on their walls at home and stuff, it'll just ruin it for them. So I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. yeah. Someone's yeah, always yeah. going to be mad. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but, um, the, let's see, I've got a lot hidden in like, um, the piece I'm doing now, 
after the West Point, I'm about 10% done with it. And it's more reminiscent of the first one I did where it's just stuff on a page or just random stuff from my brain and it's going really cool. So I can't wait to, for everyone to see that one. Awesome. And it's super creepy. Yeah. That's, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> draws the most, the most attention, I think. Do you have any um, future travels that you're looking forward to? Cause I know you are an avid traveler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, we are going to spend, my family and I are going to spend the summer in Europe and then I'm going to be with students. Okay. The first half I'll be with students. The second half I'll be with my family in Europe. And so I'll be in Europe about two solid months. I think wow. this coming summer. Yeah. We had a trip to, to Thailand planned um, last summer, but it was kind of like the last nail in the coffin of, and I know COVID's still going, but it was like the last big cancellation from COVID. Oh. And uh, that was a super, that was a big bummer. But yeah, I'm always going somewhere. I can't say I can't stay still. All right, Ben. Well, thank you so much for for having this little chat with me. I, I love talking about where your art came from and you know how that started. Um, yeah, I mean, good luck on this new school year, and uh, let me know when you do open up that place. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. All right, you guys. We will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU comes from the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Now we will be listening to Priscilla Salisbury uh, at the Plas Recital Series. This first song will be Besame Mucho by Consuelo Velasquez, performed by Priscilla Salisbury and accompanied by Dr. Linda Patterson on piano.
Alright, now we will be listening to Estreguita by Manuel M. Ponce. And this will be sang by Priscilla Salisbury and accompanied by Dr. Linda Patterson on piano. All right, now for the last song of the show, uh, this will be Cielito Lindo, a traditional Mexican folk song arranged by Liebergen, performed by Priscilla Salisbury and accompanied by Dr. Linda Patterson on piano.
All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. A big thank you to Ben Lewis uh, for speaking with me about his doodling. And another thank you to the St. Andrew's Episcopal Church for providing that audio of Priscilla Salisbury performing these amazing songs. Uh, So thank you so much and make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.